Welcome to 3R Educational Solutions, the podcast that empowers educators to create thriving learning environments with social-emotional learning at the core. Well, welcome to 3R Educational Solutions podcast. This is episode one, and you are being joined by guest Taylor Mason and my friend Cassie Lupins who is my right hand in 3R Educational Solutions. I am Angel McNabb-Staley. Um, a little bit about myself real quick. I've um, been in education for 20 plus years. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem like that long, but at the same time, it seems like a long time because we've seen a lot of changes and a lot of the same thing. And we were just talking about this, Cassie, how it's really just kind of called something else now. Um, but I was a parent educator, so I've done education from birth to high school. Um, my latest in public education was as an instructional coach, and then I went to a private sector and started uh, 3R Educational Solutions in hopes to bring really just, I've seen great teaching, but I, you know, how we all have our own strengths and weaknesses, and I really wanted to bring teachers together. So some of the things we offer are going to offer is online professional learning for teachers and maybe even uh, parent educators. So with that being said, I'm going to hand it over to Cassie to tell a little bit about herself, and then she's going to talk, give Taylor a little opportunity to talk about herself. So go ahead, Cassie. So my name is Cassie Lupins, and I've been in education for about eight years. During my time in education, I served on PD committees and I've been a guest conductor and a guest speaker. I was a music educator, so that would make the conducting a little bit more, more sense. Um, I did leave the classroom last year to put focus on school development and also sound therapy and bringing sound therapy into schools. Um, so that's a little bit about me. So um, Taylor, would you wanna tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I am obviously Taylor and I'm originally from Southern Iowa. We moved to Marshall when I was really little. Um, I have one sister. Oh, we're 14 months apart. We're super close. She's my best friend. Um, I've rodeoed since I was probably 10 or 12. It's been a huge part of my life and it's one of my passions. Um, growing up, I went to Catholic school until eighth grade. Um, and then I went to public school in eighth grade, went to Beaker and then um, on to high school and I love the public school and I graduate from Valley in May and I'm on the rodeo team there. My dad's my coach. <laughs> um, yeah. And I'm finishing my first year at Arrearville teaching first and second grade. Very cool. So when you mentioned Beaker, um, uh, Beaker middle school, and that's where I spent, oh my gosh, 15, 17 years. I can't remember. I lost count. Um, so Taylor came in eighth grade and I was a sixth grade teacher. So I missed having Taylor as oh. one of my students, but oh. she, you're the same age as um, my oldest son, Isaac, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I, I heard cool. Taylor's graduation speech. I feel a little honored. Oh. <laughs> so, okay. I guess I am the first one up here. We kind of have a little outline here. Well, Taylor, what inspired you to be a teacher, even though you didn't get to have me as your sixth grade teacher? <laughs> what what inspired you to be a teacher? Um, so I wanted to be a teacher when I was a little kid. 
And uh, I'm glad I kind of grew up in the time frame that I did because me and my sister, um, we were always playing rather than being on electronics and, you know, riding our bikes outside or jumping on the trampoline or we would play school all the time. And I never got to be the teacher because I was the younger sister. So I always had to be the student. But um, yeah, I really just kind of got drawn to it. And when I was little and then so much stuff in the media lately and, you know, some people not enjoying their jobs and just, I, you know, I kind of, I didn't step away from it, but I was like, I don't know if I really want to do that because a lot of people are so negative about it. And, you know, don't feel like they have the support that they need to be successful. So I was like, I don't know. And everyone, you know, complains about the pay. And I thought maybe I go a different route, go into nursing, something like that. But um, I think too, like my dad being a rodeo coach, like he's not um, like a classroom teacher, obviously, but he is a teacher and he loves his job. He's super energetic. And I think that just, he's my role model and you know he loves his job he's happy we share a lot of the same characteristics he's super energetic and wiry and (laughs) I thought yeah I think this is for me and I'm I'm glad I chose it and um it fits my lifestyle with rodeo too because it is so flexible in the summertime and um I thought yeah I can go rodeo and do my other passion and be successful at that and uh, Rareville, where you um, teach currently, is a four-day school week, so um, that that kind of lends itself to yes, having a long for weekend. sure. We have our yeah. yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Very cool. Um, okay, so Angel was kind of explaining that you are still in in your. This is basically your student teaching, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it's a little bit non-traditional. So what difficulties have you encountered as you went into teaching in somewhat of a non-traditional way? Oh my gosh, a ton. (laughs) When I, (laughs) oh yeah, when I got presented with the opportunity being 22, I was just like, oh yes, this is going to be awesome. You know, I looked at the fun and not the reality. And it has been a great experience. Don't get me wrong. But you I just looked at the oh, this is going to be great. I'm going to be so good. And that was not the reality. <laughs> and um, but I've learned so much from the experience. And I'm super thankful for it. Like I wouldn't change anything. But it hasn't been easy. And just, um, you know, the hardest part is you're so dang busy. And you know, I like last semester, I was in four college classes. And I was, you know, making lesson plans. I was doing my own college class homework. And then after we got out at four, I would go practice rodeo stuff till six or seven, do my homework and then do it all again the next day. Like I was just so busy. And like the first semester, especially, I felt like I didn't do a very good job of making connections with people like other workers at my school because I was like any free time I got with recess or my plan period or lunch, I was just in my classroom trying to work, figure out, you know, our lesson plans and I didn't build a lot of connections. And then when our principal hired Angel, like that was really my big shift in doing a better job because I built a relationship with her and she just helped me so much with my classroom management, implementing centers, like teaching the standards. And I mean, it just was 
oh my gosh, I was so overwhelmed until I got her help. And then I knew, okay, I'm doing what I need to be doing. You know, mm -hmm. like it was a huge shift for me. And like, I've always been like, I like to stay busy and you know, like my parents raised me, we work like, you know, that's what we do. But yeah, just with her support, it's been a game changer for me. And just meeting you were like the very, I remember the very first PD day she did for us. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I love her. Like her energy and her excitement. And like, she's just, and that's her every day. Like she doesn't, um, I'm never like, oh, I'm not going to approach Angel today, like ever. <laughs> like I, I'm just going to her. <laughs> we were just talking like, about how I might have like a little bit of RBS some days. So that makes me feel better. <laughs> oh, um, no, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome guys... because I feel like that's probably one of the hardest things as a first year teacher or just, I mean, one of the hardest things is just figuring out how to set up your classroom with like manageable behaviors and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I can see where like that would be really hard just right in the beginning. Like, okay, here you go. <laughs> and you yeah. think like, oh, you think when you tell them to go do something, they just are going to go do it. And then you're like, <laughs> wait, I told you to go over here and you, you're all squirreling yeah. around. You're crawling. What's happening? Because I, I don't even know if we mentioned yeah. Taylor teaches first and second grade all in one classroom. So not only does she man have to manage just littles, she manages like, I've got to teach th this math over here and figure out what the heck these kiddos are going to do. So that was a learning curve for me because I think the day we met Taylor to set up your classroom, even though she'd already taught pretty much first semester and was college student, I was like, let's, let's rearrange your classroom. We met over Christmas break. And I was like, okay, so mm -hmm. we have to figure this out. Like, what are you going to do with those second graders while you're teaching first graders? So that, that was a learning curve for me too. <clears throat> so Taylor, can you tell us a little bit about um, what it's like and how you manage two grade levels in, within one classroom? Yes, I, that has been one of my biggest struggles for sure. And um, especially because they are so little and, um, you know, they need a lot of attention. First graders especially need so much attention and are demanding of your attention. And um, one thing that you have taught me that has really stuck is just that they always are going to, like once you build that relationship, they're going to um, try to um, live up to your standards. So set the bar high and just yeah. make sure your ex or your expectations are clear and you expect that. Like I expect not to get interrupted every five seconds for something silly. And at the beginning it was, you know, my expectation wasn't that. And so I was like, do you have something to say? Yeah, <laughs> oh, of course, you know, getting interrupted every 30 seconds and getting nothing done. And <laughs> so that's something that I've just really clear expectations, always having plenty for them to work on whether that's, you know, extra math practice or, and I'm lucky because I do have that foster grandparent, Miss Lenore, and she's been great for me and she's always willing to help and she's positive and she's good to the kids. So I have her working with what, you know, like I'll start teaching the first grade and math say, and I'll have her working on whiteboards with the three second graders on what they did 
the day before. Like lately, it's been um, three-digit edition. So I'm like, hey, Miss Lenore, give them some three-digit edition problems while I'm teaching first grade. That way, second grade's on task, not disrupting, and you know they're still getting something out of it and getting practice in. And they're not just playing games in the center, which it's fun. You, it, learning can be fun. It can be a game, but it's still focused. Yeah. So, well, yeah. you kind of touched on this a little bit um, before, but what, and I, we, we've asked in this sort of roundabout way, but what did you find stressful? You know, I don't know if you want to talk about last semester or a semester or currently, but then, and you can be as candid as you want right here. How did you manage your stress? No um, <laughs> seriously, no judgment. Angel has seen all those sides of me already. So I, I already know she's, <laughs> she's seen it all. But um, yeah, no, one day, this is funny. It was around Christmas time and she came in and she's like, hey, so move like on my um, feedback sheet, what do you want to work on moving forward? And I said, I would love if you would come in and watch me teach a math lesson and just get feedback there. And she's like, yep. So a couple of days later, she's in there for my math lesson. And oh my gosh, it went terrible. We ended up reteaching it the next day, but <laughs> the Christmas tree fell over. Oh no. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh. And yeah, Angel goes over there and sets it back up. And I was just like, oh my gosh, it was hilarious. But <laughs> um, we just needed to rearrange a little. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I was like uh but um I think one thing like that like I and I'm getting better but just like a student that you struggle with um like just getting disrespected and um when they're unenthused and they don't want to participate in like um meeting them where they're at and not like that's something that I've got a lot of help with Angel from is just not picking them apart and knowing that, you know, because some you just can't sit like, that's one of my biggest, when I started, I'm like, I can't pick apart students because I, when I went to Catholic school, I got picked apart so much and I was always in trouble and just for silly mm -hmm. things. And then I got to the point where I was just like, you know, I'm going to get in trouble anyway. Like, I'd come home crying and my mom's like, what's wrong? And I got in trouble again and we would have to walk at recess laps. So I'd be like, oh, I had to walk again. You know, it would be in five minute increments and we had a 20 minute recess. I had to walk for 15 minutes, Aww. you know, just super silly things. So yeah, like that's one of, was one of my goals this year was like just to not pick kids apart and meet them where they're at and show them grace and that's like one thing I've really picked up from Angel is she shows her students a lot of grace and like she has taught me like not to think take things personal when you do get disrespected like you know kids act the way they act for a reason and it's mm -hmm. nothing personal and you just got to move forward and but that's something that like I've because I have one student that um super super smart kid but he likes to you know, he likes to jump in on the fun and he would rather just sit there. And like, he knows a lot, like he knows everything. He's super smart, but she's helped me a lot with him. And just because I, I, you know, he has to continue to participate and I have to be really careful how I interact with him because there's nine other kids watching. And if I let him get away with things, you know, then the other nine 
want to too. And so that, I think that, and just um, like teaching, like really teaching them how to read in first grade, you know, like sometimes I get stressed out. I'm like, are they progressing fast enough? Like, am I doing my part? And then like what I've noticed lately is a lot has just clicked quick. And like once they, it clicks, it just clicks and it's crazy. Like it's because I mean, you know, this is my first year, so I don't have that experience, but it's just been eye opening to me. Like it's just really came on lately and it's fun to see. That's awesome. You used a word at the beginning of that that I think is so critical in any any classroom management, whether you're a veteran and you're still struggling or whatever, it's expectations, like having those expectations and actually holding your kids accountable to those expectations. I think that's huge in having like a managed classroom or at least helping out with some of those stressors that can, you know, that can come around. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, what supports, considering it was kind of non-traditional, what supports were put in place with your university and your administration um, to kind of help you through this? And then um, did you find those helpful? Like what was some of the best, the most helpful resources that you found this year in getting you prepared for, you know, your, your own classroom, what you're doing? Yeah. Um, I have been super lucky with my principal, Whitney. She's super good to me. Anytime that I have gone to her and needed anything, she's provided, um, she's provided Angel and just other feedback. She'll come in and observe me and give me ideas. She'll give me resources um, to use. And I've built a really good relationship lately with the um, kindergarten teacher. And we, she's just fun to be around. She's happy. We joke around, make fun of each other and <laughs> make fun of ourselves. But yeah, and uh, the biggest, like just Whitney hiring Angel, I mean, I feel like this is a plug for Angel. <laughs> I, I, Angel. <laughs> I know, but oh my gosh, like seriously. And I mean it like I, at the beginning, like I've grown so much and just my dad has always taught me like to get in with people, like-minded people that can help you. And like, you know, when you're 22 years old, I mean, you never know everything, but especially when you're first starting, you have to get in with somebody. I think that is happy, um, you know, is good to the students, but also teaches the standards and has high expectations. And like when Angel comes into my classroom, my students just get so excited because she's fun. She's, you know, vibrant and she has a bunch of energy and she does yoga with my class. And she, I mean, yeah, we just love having her and she's helped me so much with my classroom management and just my centers. I mean, so much with everything. Well, That's thank awesome. you. What so were your college? school needs an angel. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Uh <laughs> um, where, how are your college professors when, I mean, I know post pandemic here, um, especially this year, it seems like more, maybe even last year, um, it's hard to find teachers. So uh, administrators and districts were reaching to college students who weren't even out of school yet, like yourself. So how, what reaction did you get from your college professors saying like, are you sure you wanted to date? Did they kind of warn you or like, okay, we'll help you or how did they react? Um, 
the one Dr. Wellborn was the one who gave me the opportunity and he was super positive about it. And um, I felt like if you, I mean, I'm sure, you know, Dr. Wellborn angel, like I felt good in that aspect because he, Dr. Wellborn, I think wouldn't have, I mean, I know he wouldn't have um, reached out to me if he didn't think I was capable. So that gave me, um, yeah, uh, that gave me a lot of like comfort because he has very high expectations of people and which is a good thing, but um, yeah, they were really good. And um, Dr. Riggs helped me a ton and Miss Wright, um, they're awesome. And they, yeah, I mean, they kind of, I think they thought I was crazy for sure. And just a lot on your plate and they didn't want me to get burnt out, you know, cause when you're 22, you don't see the, you just see the fun part of it and, oh, this is going to be great. But, um, they helped me a ton and Dr. Riggs helped me so much with like the reading, like teaching them to read, like collecting, you know, re- just getting resources that I can use in my classroom. And Miss Wright helped me more with the um, classroom management side of it. One thing I really took away from Miss Wright was um, like with a student I struggle with more that um, every day is a new day. And um, like we can't hold grudges as teachers. Every day is a new day. And you have to walk in like you might've had a bad day yesterday, but when that kid leaves the room, they say to them, tomorrow's a new day, have a good rest of your day. And when they walk in, give them a high five, give them a smile and just know that it's a new day and you don't hold a grudge and it can be a good day. And that's, I really took that away from her because I think that's so important. And it just opened my eyes because kids need just a constant, happy, non-judgmental person in their life every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's vital. I, I mm-hmm. agree with that completely. Um, where are we? Um, I kind of jumped in on Cassie's question there. Well, I guess one thing I'm curious about, and we added this to our little outline, what do you think you'll take into next year? Or what do you think, I guess, basically, what do you think you'll do the same or differently? <laughs> Um, next year for sure, starting the year with expectations and like, um, it was, I wouldn't say it was a free for all, but it, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't have my expectations at all. And it was, you know, I didn't have a routine either. And I definitely think next year, I mean, now I have a routine and it works. Like I'm going to start from the very first day, you know, having that routine. So they know what to expect on days to come or what's next and then just being clear with my expectations and you know just like what we always talk about um setting the bar high for them and they're gonna if they respect you they're gonna do what they can to meet that expectation yes i agree absolutely okay so what do you want to learn more about as you move forward into teaching so is there anything like your you're passionate about or something that you're like, okay, I definitely want some professional development on this or, you know, what are, what are some things you would want to uh, learn about as you're, as you're going on your journey? I um, want to do the letters training and like know more about the science of reading and all of that stuff. That's really big right now. And I like reading is kind of my thing. I love 
I love helping them. And it, when, once it all clicks, it's just so rewarding. Like they, cause they like with my class right now at the beginning of the year, like, I mean, first graders don't come in loving to read, you know, because they don't have any confidence at it and they get frustrated quickly because they just, you know, they're not able to do it. And then throughout the year, they start, like, I have one little girl that just is so excited always has her book out now and like she loves to read and she understands what she reads and it just makes my heart happy to see you know that growth and excitement to read so that for sure and then um I would really like to implement like yoga like as a center or something like SEL um and then I the trauma-informed to um, just being more aware of that. And we did a PD day on that and I really enjoyed it. And just kids act the way they do for a reason. And what can I do to um, provide for them and have an open mind and, you know, make school a safe place for them and a place where they can grow and become a, you know, effective member of society. Hey, Cassie, did you hear some of her key words? I didn't even coach her on that part. I know. I was like, we were just talking about that. And so what our audience might not be aware of yet, if they're uh, joining this is um, we, 3R Educational Solutions has teamed up with four, maybe five small schools in the mid-Missouri area and Arrearville is one of them. So we are, I'm, we, Cassie and I were just talking about um, someone who's going to be joining our team. Her name's Courtney Treese, and she's going to have letters training this summer, and she's certified in the science of reading, and then, of course, you know, uh, we've got sound, our sound therapist, and I, I don't know which way are, you can see me, but I'm, like, pointing to Cassie here. Right On my computer, it looks like you're pointing at me, like, <laughs> that would be Claire, that would be Angel. Yeah, and down there, it's like the Brady Bunch. Um, but much. yeah, and of course, then I'm trauma informed. I'm certified to, um, I'm a trauma informed educator. So three, R educational solutions is bringing all that to you, Taylor. So, that's awesome. I didn't No kidding. That's really awesome. Yeah. So, um, well, we're kind of winding down here, but what is a memorable experience? We already talked about the Christmas tree, so you can't use that. Or a success story from your first year in the classroom? Mm. I, which you've spent a lot of time in my classroom, like there's never a dull moment. And <laughs> I love, I love like the, my, I don't know how to word this, but my classroom, or the kids in my class just fit. Like they go together so good and they get along so good, and they're so funny, and, like, like, not only does the reading grow, but, like, first graders' personalities get so different, like, from the start of the year to the end of the year, and I had no idea, like, that's been so cool to see. They get, like, I don't know if they just get more comfortable, or, but they get witty and funny, and just, you know, like, their personalities just shine, and they're so, like, and maybe I just scared them. I don't know, but they're like, they're so timid at the beginning, you know, like, but uh, I mean, you know, that little girl I have that, I mean, they're never a dull moment with that thing. She's hilarious every day. 
and that's what my fit like my favorite part of the job is just getting to be around them and have fun and laugh and oh my gosh there's never a dull moment it's the best there was I don't know if we're talking about the same little girl I'm gonna imagine so I was in (laughs) classroom Cassie and she was like hey hey um do you know my mom's bringing the goat before school's out or after and Taylor was like your mom's bringing a goat today she's like, like what yeah, I told you and she's like no I'm pretty sure you I would remember your mom bringing a goat to school like, but we are in down, Missouri like. so yeah so funny <laughs> did she bring that goat yeah she didn't she still oh, hasn't but yeah same oh. little girl. the other day we were um the writing prompt for sinners was um your favorite drink and she wrote my favorite drink is apple beer because the flavor is just so good <laughs> like <laughs> oh my God. and then this other one it was the 100th day of school another little girl it was a hundred school and so the writing prompt was what I'm gonna do when I'm 100 years old and she wrote well I'm gonna go to Vegas and drink play poker and drink wine <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm down for that, you know. <laughs> Buy a ticket for Cassie. A girl with goals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, funny. That is funny. But I think like one of the definitely just like it's so rewarding. And like it's you see so much growth, especially in first grade. Like they it's so rewarding just to see them really coming on with their reading and gaining confidence and just their personality is shining through like it's just such a fun happy job and like you see a lot of people like I think it's scary sometimes like at my age to be like is this really what I want to do because you see so much negativity like online and and it's not for everybody for sure and like people's points are valid but like there are people who are happy with their job and love it like and that I'm for sure me like I do love and I'm I haven't been there for a week because I was in Mississippi last week and like I'm so excited tomorrow to get to see them I miss them and the PE teacher is one of my really good friends and she sent me a video and they're all like good luck Miss Mason we miss you and I'm like oh I know that's so sweet I know it just yeah I love like I love the dynamic of my classroom and it makes me sad to think about like I'm for sure a summer girl. I love summer, but it makes me sad to think about the year coming to an end because I have such an awesome class. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. The cool thing about Arrearville is you get half of them back and then the other half yeah. is going down the hallway. Oh yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. Okay. So what has been the most rewarding aspect of teaching so far and what is keeping you motivated? Um, I think like just kind of like what we've talked about, seeing them really grow and come on and just gain confidence and get um, like their personalities just really come on and it's so much fun. And I saw this like this kind of keeps me motivated. I saw this quote and I'm not like misquotes by any means, but like I saw this quote and it was like, um, 
kids don't need a perfect teacher. They need a teacher that's happy, that comes to work, um, that's consistent, and that makes them excited to learn. And so that kind of keeps me motivated. Like, I'm far from perfect, and I have a lot of room to grow, and I have grown a ton. And just being willing to want to be better and be the best you can for those kids is a huge part of it. And just knowing that as long as I, you know, keep moving forward and, um, you know, keep the best intentions and sorry, I'm trying to figure out how I want to word this. Mm-hmm. Just Liberty. keeping, yeah, I'm like, my brain went fog there <laughs> for a minute. Jeez, I don't know where I was going with that. Keep trucking. Mm-mm. That's okay. But just like, in, yeah, my class has been so, just shown me so much grace. And I, you know, being able to admit your mistakes and, okay, I messed up, like, you know, and they see that and they, you know, they are comfortable around me. They know that it's okay to make mistakes and um, we learn from them and, you know, they're not judged. And, um, yeah, we just have so much fun. And that, I think that is really what keeps me going. Like, I really do love my job and I want to be, I want to get, keep getting better at it. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love how, like, as teachers, I feel like sometimes we feel like we have to be perfect or we have to show them like the perfection. And that's not true. Like they want to see the real. And when you mm-hmm. finally admit to your kids, like, Oh, I made a mistake there. I mean, they, they start to relate to you a little bit better. I think when you are open mm-hmm. about, Hey, I'm not perfect either. We're all going to make mistakes. And like being a music educator, there are times that I would, um, you know, mess up a piano part or something like that. And I'd be like, Oh, whoops, wrong fingers or whatever. And it's just good for them to see that we're not perfect yeah. either. And that, you know, it's, it's, we're all growing, we're all learning and mistakes are allowed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, and they show yeah. you like so much grace too. Yes. Like when yes. you admit to it, like they don't like, Oh, Miss Mason, it's okay. Like, don't be hard on yourself. I'm like, yeah. they show you so much grace. Mm-hmm. They really do. <laughs> And I, I think I've seen that as an instructional coach, the difference between teachers who try to put on and act like they didn't make a mistake or um, they, I think it's really important as a teacher. And I had to learn this is to be able to laugh at yourself because mm-hmm. that I think builds the most respect, especially for kids that maybe um, are more difficult, have behavior problems. When you're able to laugh at yourself and be like, oh, yeah, I've done, I've done silly things too, made, made bad decisions or whatever. And, um, being able to take, not take yourself too seriously. I, I definitely did, especially when I came in as a middle school teacher, I was a little too serious and I quickly learned, like, if I can just let my guard down and laugh with them and, you know, that they respect you more for that. So Mm -hmm. see, she's learned that early that's good. She's like, I feel like, gonna I feel be like it took me a few years to get there. So you're like on the right track. Uh, definitely. Well, Taylor, do you have any questions for us? Um, knowing kind of now what we do, and I don't know if you even knew that we, we started a consortium with your small schools in your area. Um, but so now you know that. 
So do you have any questions yeah. for Cassie and sound therapy and what Cassie and I are doing and, or anything, anything like any, anything that comes to your brain? Yeah, Cassie, tell me about your sound therapy. So this was something I started using in my classroom post pandemic. That first year we came back from COVID uh, my classroom was set up differently because of the social distancing. Everything was, it was an opportunity to kind of revamp things a little bit in my classroom. And one thing I noticed is we were doing a lot of extra cleaning in, in like at the end, we were having to do a lot of extra cleaning just because of COVID and, and the safety practices. And so I started using the last five minutes of my class and I would turn on music and I would turn down the lights and we would just use that time to clean. Like we had a system where they knew what to do and all that kind of stuff. So it started that mm -hmm. way. And I noticed just how much more when we were lining up when it, cause it was right at the end of my class, like how much more they were, how much calmer they were, um, when transitioning. So I started doing to where we, I actually had a, um, a sound chime. And we would, we turned it into, okay, after we clean, you can lay back, you can close your eyes, I'm going to play the chime. And they're just tones, just sounds to help with relaxing and calming. And as I did that, as they were doing their thing, and we had the lights down, it was just kind of creating just a very calm environment before transitioning on to something else. And I used that that year for COVID. And then the next year, uh, we weren't having to do as much of the cleaning and my time was, was, was changed around a little bit. So I had to take it out and I had kids begging for me to do the chime again. And even some of our, mm. um, like heaviest hitters, you know, some of our behavioral kids, like they were craving it. They were craving that time of just being calm. And so I realized okay, this is something they need. Like they need something like that. And so that's when I started studying sound therapy a little bit more and seeing how it can affect our kids and affect our emotions and how we, how we go about our days just based on what we're listening to. And so that's kind of where my background goes with that. Awesome. That's really cool. Thanks. That's how actually how Cassie and I kind of started talking. Um, we know each other through our fitness group because I am a yoga instructor and were you, you were, you were a member or did you start working for Ashley before you were a member? I was a member okay. and then I stopped for a little bit and then I started working for Ashley and then I'm like, I loved her workouts. I don't know why I stopped. <laughs> <laughs> and so then I just started doing it again. But we were actually, we don't live very far apart. And we were actually in Austin when I was, we were talking and we were sitting at dinner or whatever meal that was. And um, Cassie messaged me. He's like, Hey, I've been thinking about that conversation and I would really like to talk to you more. And I got super excited, of course. And, um, things have just really progressed since that was in January, wasn't it? I know. Can you yeah. believe that? We've done a lot since January. So yeah, I feel like I'm just jumping in on everything, but, um, Cassie has a lot to offer, um, sound therapy and, I think I told you, I don't remember if we had a chance to talk about the, how I played uh, classical music um, when the kids were writing, um, mm -hmm. specifically Mozart. I, I did a study study on the Mozart effect um, when you were a little baby, because Isaac was a baby when I was doing that. So um, giving my age away, but anyway. <laughs> 
And I guess the 20 plus years gave it away to start with. But <laughs> <laughs> did you, you guys at like 13? You're just right, like a child yeah. genius. It's fine. I was advanced. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Oh, well, um, I'm gonna, so Taylor, thank you so much for everything. Um, I will, yeah, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll be there tomorrow, but, um, do you, do you have any more questions? Cause we could certainly cut, cut back in and answer any more questions. I don't think so. Okay. Well, Thanks really appreciate it. Was well, I appreciate you jumping in. I know you had a crazy morning. It was supposed to be your Monday off, but. <laughs> we just filled yeah. it up, you know? <laughs> yeah. That's good. I, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Good. Well, we'll go ahead and sign off from our first episode of 3R Educational Solutions Podcast. Cassie, did you have something to add? No, I was going to say you might want to do a sign off, but you're doing it. Yeah. <laughs> We're signing off. Here we go. I look forward to many more of these. Bye. So. All right. See you we'll tomorrow. See you later. Bye. All right. Bye.